Our scripture reading today comes from Ecclesiastes 12, verses 1 through 8. Remember also your creator in the days of your youth, before the evil days come and the years draw near of which you will say, I have no pleasure in them. Before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are darkened and the clouds return after the rain, in the day when the keepers of the house tremble and the strong men are bent and the grinders cease because they are few and those who look through the windows are dimmed and the doors on the street are shut. When the sound of the grinding is low and one rises up at the sound of a bird and all the daughters of song are brought low, they are afraid also of what is high and terrors are in the way. The almond tree blossoms, the grasshopper drags itself along, and desire fails because man is going to his eternal home, and the mourners go about the streets. Before the silver cord is snapped, or the golden bowl is broken, or the pitcher is shattered at the fountain, or the wheel broken at the cistern, and the dust returns to the earth as it was, and the spirit returns to God who gave it. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. All is vanity. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Well, I want you guys to mark your calendars because my birthday's coming up. And uh, kids in the room, if you think about your birthday, you probably get excited, right? It's like, man, that's a fun day. Think about cakes and presents and friends and parties and all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, And that feeling of excitement for your birthday, I don't know, that probably lasts through most of your 20s. And then after that, something else happens. And when you think about your birthday, uh, you think about other things. In particular, you may start to think about getting older. And then one day, you move from thinking about getting older to just feeling old. And that day is different for everyone, uh, but we all have a day where we start to feel old. It could be the first time you're, you're out with your friends and you order a beer and you slide your ID to the bartender and she says, nah, you're good. You go, okay. Uh, or you're at the, that coffee shop that you love. You've been there for years, and the barista turns to you and says, sir or ma'am. And you kind of go, okay, I've moved into the sir or ma'am phase of my life. Uh, or you turn on the radio if you know what that is, and uh, you think it's to the oldie station, and you hear a song that you loved in high school or college. Uh, or it could be that moment when you finally break and you, you, you find a young person in your life and you say, can you show me how to use this app on my phone? I, I, I do not know what this is. On and on that list could go. Some of you are laughing with me because for you, that moment was a long time ago and you've, you've been living in that reality now for a while. Others of you are laughing at me because you haven't had that moment yet, but I assure you that you will because it comes for all of us, comes for each of us. And, and our natural reaction, 
probably for most of us, to that day is a kind of revulsion. We, we don't want to get old. It's not like when you're younger and another year, another ring on the tree means more autonomy or more privileges, more, more responsibility. It's more like you begin to see in those years the specter of a future that you've probably spent a lot of time and energy avoiding thinking about. And that specter that we call age, culturally, not just individually, but culturally, we, we've collectively gotten pretty good at avoiding thinking about it. The United States, for example, is now number one in the uh, developed world in elective cosmetic surgery, with the fastest growing customer being men, which tells us something about how we feel culturally about showing our age. Not to mention our sense of mortality. There's actually services now, I don't know if you've seen this, where you can uh, pay to be frozen after you die in the hopes of resuscitation with a new technology in the future. And all it costs is a few hundred thousand dollars. And you too can be stored in a, in a freezer with hopes of eternal life and youth and beauty. And of course, we can create now online personas and profiles to make sure that at least the people who only see us online will have a very specific image of what we look like in mind. Now that's true no matter how old you are, you can do that. But I'll go ahead and confess, I don't think I've changed my Facebook profile in like seven years. And part of that's just straight up laziness. But the other part of it is, man, if I update that, I'm going to have to confront what's happened over the last seven years. Okay, we don't like to think about this usually. We, we certainly don't like to talk much about it. The vanity of youth. The insane and ultimately fruitless obsession with looking young for as long as possible and avoiding the fact that time marches on. And when it marches on, it marches all over your body and your face. <laughs> With or without your consent. And that refusal, actually, to reckon with what is already true for some of us, or if we are young, what will inevitably become true, makes us actually unwise. This is Kohelet's point. It makes us less wise. This is actually the last thing that he's going to say to us in Ecclesiastes. If you've been with us, you know we've been listening to the voice of Kohelet, the teacher, the preacher. This is the last thing that he says. There's another voice that actually closes out the rest of the book. And it's as if, as an old man now, he's looking back on his, he's finishing his memoir, his, his, his work, and he's looking back on his life and even the things he pursued early on in the book that we actually talked about. And he has one last piece of advice for us. He says, remember your creator. That's what he says in chapter 12, verse 1. It's the first thing he says. It is never too early to remember your creator. That's the idea. Because time is coming for you. And as, as uncomfortable as that may make us or as painful as that may be, the better we are able to reckon with that idea, the wiser we will be, no matter how young or old we may be today. It's never too early to remember your creator. It is never too early to remember that we are creatures with expiration dates. So if you have your Bible, I want us to turn to the book of Ecclesiastes. Use your table of contents if you have to. We're in chapter 12. 
uh, starting in verse 1. I want us to see why we need to remember our Creator. Now, I'm going to give you fair warning here. This conversation is not always easy or pleasant, but it's important. Okay, so this part of the book, if you picked up on it in the scripture reading, is very poetic. Okay, there's a lot of imagery here. And it's not necessarily easy to understand if you've never read this before. So, uh, but it's very powerful once you see it and understand it. And Kohelet, he starts in verse 1 by describing the decay of our bodies with age. So look back at verse 1. It says, remember also your creator in the days of your youth. Before the evil days come and the years draw near of which you will say, I have no pleasure in them. Now skip to verse 3. In the day when the keepers of the house tremble and the strong men are bent and the grinders cease because they are few and those who look through the windows are dimmed and the doors on the street are shut when the sound of the grinding is low and one rises up at the sound of a bird and all the daughters of song are brought low. They are afraid also of what is high and terrors are in the way and the almond tree blossoms and the grasshopper drags itself along and desire fails because man is going to his eternal home and the mourners go about the streets. Now you'll notice, right, he, he, the imagery moves and shifts kind of without even reference to itself. It starts as a house and then a street and then a grasshopper and then a tree. But what unites all of these images, and it's not always one for one, but he's talking not about a house or a street or a tree, but about a person. And he's, he's saying it's important even in your youth to remember your creator, to remember your mortality because there's a day coming when the, when the bones will tremble uncontrollably. And the grinders will wear down the teeth. And the eyes, the windows, they will grow dim. And the ears, they won't hear so well. He's saying our bodies will let us down. And to make the point stronger, he even reiterates in his own way what we talked about in our first, it was actually our second sermon in this series in Ecclesiastes. If you remember in chapter 2, Kohelet fills his senses with all kinds of sensual pleasure. His eyes and his ears and his stomach and his bed. Uh, and he does this in his youth, presumably. Now he looks back and his eyes cannot see that beautiful garden that he made. Not like he used to. And his ears can't hear the birds and the wind and the trees. In fact, hearing now is more likely to startle him than to calm him down. And he talks about desire failing. That's verse 5. The literal Hebrew there is uh, that the, it describes an aphrodisiac not working anymore. Right? The, the body's not, no, no longer doing what it's supposed to do which really is a metaphor for all kinds of pleasure and how you can experience them. His body is now wearing down. He's describing it. And I can't help but think of Ozzy Osbourne when I read this part of Kohelet. I know, you might not know who this is. He was a, a, a rock star in his youth. He did all manner of things. He was famous for doing all manner of things to his body to experience pleasure and live in the moment. And now, in his old age, he still takes all kinds of drugs, but they are not for distraction or pleasure now. They are, they are to, to function every day. The toll on his body and his youth, he's paying for it now. And I imagine this is a bit of what it's, Kohelet is like. He's saying something similar about his experience. 
And he's pointing out, man, even if you're careful with your body in your youth, your body will still let you down anyway. There's an inevitability to everything Kohelet is saying. And some of you already know that. You don't need me to tell you that. And some of you didn't need age to teach you that. But Kohelet is reminding us, even in our youth, when things still feel pretty good, that as good a gift as our bodies are, and they are a gift, they will let us down. And we cannot entrust ourselves fully to them. If we root our happiness in them, if we root our identity and our sense of meaning too closely to them, we are not remembering our Creator. We aren't remembering our mortality. We are not remembering our limitations. We have to remember our Creator, which part of that means remembering our bodies will let us down. There's another reason we remember our Creator. Uh, it's also, here's, here, and this is how I summarized it, is life will only get harder. Aren't you glad you, ca- you came today? You get to hear this? I'm getting this really from verse 2. I skipped it earlier. Kohelet, he puts it this way. He gives another image. Remember your creator in the days of your youth. Before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are darkened and the clouds return after the rain. Again, this is imagery. But as far as I can tell, he is describing the journey of life here. And he describes the process of aging like a gathering darkness. It's like clouds that slowly but surely block the sun in the day or the moon and the stars at night. And and this point is actually way harder for me to talk about than even the last one because even though I'm basically middle-aged at this point, I do have the privilege because of my vocation to work with and learn from lots of different people in lots of different stages of life, including people who have experienced things that I have not yet experienced. So in particular, uh, our older folks here in our congregation. And while I do see the real joy of grandparents welcoming a grandchild, I mean, that is a true privilege. And the joy of friendship renewed. Uh, once children have left and uh, don't, they don't need so much time and attention anymore, uh, I've also seen elements of this gathering darkness too. And I've seen that many things only get harder with age. They don't get easier. You never, for example, you never stop worrying about the people you love, ever. And I remember as a young parent, uh, the look on, on older people's faces when I would, you know, tell them how tired I was or how little sleep I was getting uh, at that stage of life. You remember, if you, those of you with kiddos, you know, those early years are physically very demanding. But I would tell that to these, these older parents and they would, they would gently try to tell me, I couldn't hear them at the time, that as hard as that was, in some ways it was much easier compared to the worry that parents carry when their parents have grown and are on their own and perhaps make decisions that break your heart or even decide that they don't want to see you anymore or talk to you anymore. And I hesitate to say more here because I I think it's so painful. But the point is there is a real, there is a a gathering darkness that can happen. Your body, as I've said, it gets harder to manage. It it, it limits what you, you can and cannot do. 
There's more doctor visits and there's more physical pain and chronic pain. There's more medications and, and disappointments and all that stuff. And it's hard and it's scary and it's humbling in ways that most young people have not yet had to imagine yet. And perhaps most difficult of all, uh, as our age increases, so, so does grief and loss. I remember as a, a younger man, when I was in high school, sitting down with my, my grandmother, uh, and the, I, I think the rest of my family was there, and this must have been a few years after her husband had died, my, my grandfather, he had passed away, and, and we were ta- I don't remember why we were talking about this or how it came up, but she said through tears, life is a long goodbye. That's what she said. And at the time, that made me sad, uh, but it, it doesn't sting like it does. It didn't sting like it does now. Because now I know that death, as we age, it becomes more and more real to us. Not only because our own death looms larger and larger, which is true, but if we are blessed with long life, we begin to outlive those whom we love and care about. First parents, and then siblings or friends, and then for those of you who are married, then spouses. When we're young, we take vacations, we travel to see friends and attend weddings and baby showers and graduations. And when we get older, we travel to see loved ones who are sick, whom we may not see again in this life. And then to funerals to pay final respects. Now this isn't to say that joy and love don't increase as well. They can. They can. And we're going to talk about that later. But it is to say that no matter what we do, life will get harder. The brokenness of our world and our bodies and our own weakness and frailty, these things have always been true, but they only become more apparent with age. Like clouds that slowly fill up the sky, so life's difficulties and trials increase over time. And because of all of that, faith can get harder too. Aging is its own faith test that increases in difficulty over time, which is why, let me just say, I am so grateful for the vibrant faith I have seen in so many in our congregation, especially especially those of you who are older. Because I realize and I see as much as I'm able to do from my vantage point that your joy and your faith and your trust and your service and your love may appear simple. And by that I mean it may appear not extraordinary, but I know that all of those virtues are now on the other side of trial and tribulation, on the other side of a fiery furnace than even I have been through. And I see your faithfulness as a gift because I, I know as much as I can know how hard that can be. And young people in the room, I encourage you to look to those who are older with gratitude. Yes, we all fight a great battle. That's true of every human we encounter. But we know that the older you get, the more intense that battle can actually become. So part of remembering our creator and our own mortality is preparing now for those battles, preparing now for the faith tests to come. And the more we can reckon with and take seriously the brevity of our lives, the impermanence of our health, the impermanence of our loved ones on our own bodies, then the wiser we will become. Not only in old age, but even in the days of our youth. Now, 
I know this is a bit of a downer. You guys are just, you're shell-shocked. You're just staring at me. Um, I understand. I, I understand this is not fun, um, but it's real. And we can't ignore it. And Kohelet won't let us ignore it. He doesn't offer us much by way of practical advice on what to do. He, he simply shows us the nature of reality as it is and not necessarily as we want it to be. And he says, do not look away. You must see this. You must reckon with it. Remember your creator. Remember your limitations. Remember your destiny as mortal human beings. And that's the beginning of wisdom. But we can do more, actually, than remember our creator. On, on this side of Jesus, when we see the whole testimony now of God's revelation to us, we can do more than simply remember our creator. We can do at least one more thing. We can hope in our Redeemer. Because we know that every passing day in Christ, we are one day closer to the renewal of all things. And this is the profound paradox of Christian life. That yes, as we, as we grow older day by day, renewal only gets closer. The more we age, the closer we get to renewal. The Apostle Paul puts this better than anyone I know in 2 Corinthians. This is chapter 4. He says, So we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away. Our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. What, what Paul is promising here, it blows me away. I cannot get over it. That the process and pain of aging, among other things, and the specter of death that we all work so hard to avoid and not think about, is actually part of the process God uses to prepare in us a weight of glory. A, a beauty so dense that it is beyond all comparison, is what Paul says, beyond comparison to what we experience now. This is hard to illustrate, um, and when I, when I get stumped, I just go back to C.S. Lewis, so you'll have to forgive me, but C.S. Lewis, for the kids in the room, he wrote Narnia. If you, that's maybe why you know his name, but he wrote a lot of books. One of them is called The Great Divorce, and in it, he tells basically a parable uh, about an allegory about a, a, a gentleman who, who dies, and he, uh, first he descends to hell, and then he goes to heaven to experience what they are like, and there's a a teacher, a guide that's showing him the way. And in, I, I'm convinced C.S. Lewis had 2 Corinthians in mind when he wrote chapter 12 of this book. And he, uh, the main character meets a saint, meets a, a, a woman who uh, is now in her glorified state. Uh, but he realizes in her earthly life, this was just a little old lady. And uh, this starts off a little weird, but it serves a purpose, okay? So just listen. The main character says, I cannot now remember whether she was naked or clothed. If she were naked, then it must have been the almost visible penumbra of her courtesy and joy, which produces in my memory the illusion of a great and shining train that followed her across the happy grass. 
And if she were clothed, then the illusion of nakedness is doubtless due to the clarity with which her inmost spirit shone through the clothes. But I have forgotten, and only partly do I remember, the unbearable beauty of her face. Is it, is it, I whispered to my guide. He wonders if this is Mary, the mother of Jesus. She's so radiant. Not at all, said the guide. It is someone you'll never have heard of. Her name on earth was Sarah Smith, and she lived at Golders Green. She seems to be a person of particular importance, says the main character. Yes, she's one of the great ones. You have heard that fame in this country and fame on earth are two quite different things. And who then are all these young men and women on each side? Well, they are her sons and daughters. Well, she must have had a very large family, sir. Every young man or boy that met her became her son. Even if it was only the boy that brought the meat to the back door. And every girl that met her was her daughter. And and then the guide says this, But already there is joy enough in the little finger of a great saint such as yonder lady to awaken all the dead things of the universe into life. You see what a weight of glory. Kohelet is, is right that we are wasting away, but we are not wasting away into nothing. We know this. We are wasting away like the shell of a seed, a seed whose beauty and wisdom and glory will make all the sad things we've said even today together melt away. We cannot yet see it, but I'm telling you, sitting around this room are older saints who if we could see them as they will one day be, would not compare to the most stunning youthfulness we all work so hard to attain in this life. We must remember our creator. We must take seriously our frailty and our impermanence and our death, but we should not fear them, certainly not as the world does, because in Christ, we have something more. When we're tempted to despair, to feel that life has no meaning at all, we can preach to ourselves the verse actually that we're about to sing together. As summer flowers, we fade and die. Fame, youth, and beauty hurry by. But life eternal calls to us at the cross. Let us pray. Father, creator, master, teach us to number our days. Remind us of the brevity of life, the preciousness of each day, the opportunity to love one another that we do not get back. But also help us to hope in our Redeemer, Holy Spirit. That even though we are set to expire, we are destined for eternity because of the good news of Jesus who renews us even now and creates in us a weight of glory we can now hardly imagine. We pray this all in his name. Amen.